The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the twelve, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So Abraham, before we get to Abraham, actually, I want to uh, talk about the readings that we had for today kind of generally. I learned a new word today, this morning, that I was apparently remiss in learning earlier, uh, about our lectionary. Most of you are familiar that we have a three-year cycle of readings, and we're in year A. We're in the middle of our first year of the three-year cycle. And most of the time, we use the readings that are referred to as, and this was my new word, complementary, meaning that they actually go together, (laughs) which generally speaking is something that is a good thing. However, this year, starting this Sunday, because this is the Sunday that it starts, we are taking, as they say, the road less traveled. We are taking the road that's called semi-continuous. Remember that. You'll impress your friends this week as you share that term. So semi-continuous means that we will be marching kind of through the Old Testament in a, I guess we would say, a non-complementary fashion as we hear a lot of stories that you probably remember from Sunday school and have not heard in church since. And so today, we thought we'd start with a soft one. (laughs) Abraham and Isaac, starting right there at the beginning. So as we move through the second half of the year, all the way up to Thanksgiving, the beginning of Advent, most of the weeks during that time, we will be marching through this semi-continuous set of readings for the Old Testament text, I should say, clearly, the Old Testament text. So Abraham. Now, we know the story, right? It's kind of interesting that we're having the Holy Lands discussion afterwards because this is a story that's told differently in different faith traditions. We hear about Abraham and Isaac, or if you are in the Muslim tradition, it would be the famous story of Abraham and Ishmael. Same story, substitute the other son. Kind of an interesting twist on it. But nonetheless, we know the basics of the story, right? Abraham and Sarah have been waiting for years and years and years and years for a son. Abraham praying, please don't let Eliezer of Damascus be the one who inherits everything I own. And so, lo and behold, of course there comes Ishmael, and then Isaac, and then this crazy sense that God wants him to sacrifice Isaac. Now, this is where we start taking the Old Testament and there's a New Testament reading today, isn't there, somewhere? So we don't like this reading. But there are some pieces to it that I think are powerful to us. This sense of obedience. But I want to begin with the sense of journey. Abraham sets off. We get his 
packing list, in a sense. There are the animals put together. There are the young men who are brought along to carry stuff, like young men do, I guess. Brought along for the journey. There is wood that is packed. But as the text goes on to say, Abraham carried the knife and the fire. What a glimpse into another time and place that the fire would be something that is carried. Three days they journey. It's that great biblical number that keeps popping up. This three-day journey. Think of how long that three days would have been. Isaac probably thought this was the greatest thing. Going out with the guys, not a lot of responsibility. Abraham, though, a journey of dread. Dread, dread. And how many of our journeys involve that sense of dread? Sometimes in our lives, we get challenges that are completely unexpected. They come on us like an accident, some kind of tragedy, and that profound sense of loss or hurt or pain that we did not see coming. But then there are the ones that we can see coming from three days away, as the text might suggest. We see a date on a calendar, and we are crossing off the days as we march to that space, and it is not a good journey. It is a journey that we know is going to be hard and difficult. In many ways, it's a story we're familiar with. Some of us to a lesser extent, maybe others to a great extent. But there is that sense of journey. We get all caught up in the destination part of it. And yet there's that three days of marching forward. The journey theme actually in a I guess complementary fashion shows up in the gospel reading as well. The disciples are being sent out and there is great conversation about hospitality, but it's not assumed that it will exist. <laughs> the journey that God calls us to is not easy. I think there are corners of the Christian community that would suggest that when we adopt the faith as if it has nothing to do with God, but rather our cleverness or discipline that brings us to this place of faith, that somehow everything from there on out just rolls out smooth and easy. Everything is going to fall into place. The journey is effortless and without cost or pain. I don't know anywhere in the Bible that suggests that. <laughs> the idea that life is smooth and easy with God, I think what the Bible tells us is that the journey is with God. That the journey is not alone. That the challenges that we face in those dark moments, while it may not feel like there is someone around us, are faced profoundly with God at our side. That is the promise. Abraham is marching along for these three days. You can imagine when he leaves the young men behind, 
lays the wood on his son, as the text says. Very curious language to carry up the hill. And they climb this mountain. And now they're alone. And yet, not in many ways. When we follow God, there is a sense that we bring things. It's not our path that's laid out. It's God's path that we are called to. One of the things as we were discussing Abraham and Isaac and all of the texts coming together, we were confused because many of the lectionary resources said that it was all about baptism. Like, there's not even any water in the text. How is this about baptism? And it talks about this cup of water given in hospitality in the Gospel text. But in many ways, there is baptism woven through this text. Repeatedly, Abraham is called by name and he responds, here I am. It's not a story of Abraham chasing down God. It's not a story of Abraham saying, God, where are you? It's a story of God pursuing Abraham by name. And Abraham responding, here I am. When we walk into the sanctuary past the water in the baptismal font, we are reminded that in our baptisms, we are not clever. We are not right. We have not chosen. But instead, we have been called and sent. As we walk out of this space, you'll notice that above the baptismal font carved in wood, are the words, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. That is something that we hold on to as a congregation, but it's a mindful of us, for us, of the trek that we are called to walk. As Abraham went up that mountain, you can imagine that when he got to that spot where it seemed like there was no other way forward, Sometimes our, our journeys get to those places where there's no more hill to climb, where it seems like the options that we have are either entirely gone or none of them good. And it is at that moment that God intervenes with an offering. Think as we gather in this space, we all took different roads to get here. We will take different roads to go home. That's literal, but it's also figurative for us. As we move through our lives of faith, listening to God's call, not because the journey is easy, but because it's the journey that we've been called to, and it's a journey that we are on with God. I would encourage you as we hear these Old Testament readings. Sometimes it's hard to take our gospel text and make those texts speak good news. But isn't that the way life is sometimes? We can run into things and say, where is the good news in this? Where is the hope? Where is the promise? I think in this text we see it. We see it that when things are the darkest, that 
is when God is most present. Remember, we're not too many weeks away from the day when we came and celebrated with flowers and trumpets the understanding that that dark enclosed tomb had been opened. There was a path that could not be seen before. So as you take these stories home today, be mindful. We are not alone in our journeys. On these journeys, we follow the voice of God, and we are never alone. God goes with us. Amen.